Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Cane and Rinse podcast interview extra. And for the first time in a while, we have some voice talent with us, which is always interesting. Welcome. And you know what? I forgot in the virtual green room to check the pronunciation. Todd, are you a Fennel or a Fennel? Uh, Fennel, actually. Fennel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the, that's the sort of fancier version, if you don't mind me saying. I think it was Fennel, and my, my dad changed it when he got into the entertainment industry. I think he thought yeah. Fennel sounded more, yeah. Fancy. It does sound more showbiz, you're right, rather <laughs> than uh, Fennel's like a, a kind of weird vegetable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fennel, Todd Fennel, welcome to the show. A Canadian voice actor, actor, and screenwriter. And here specifically to talk to us about uh, your work in video games, because that's what we talk about. Uh, but I also want to get into your, uh, your CV, because I know there's a... Um, there's a famous thing about actors and their CVs, and uh, and I've had a look at yours online. I mean, it's on your own. It's on your it's on your talent resume. So uh, I want to know: is all this a hundred percent genuine? Snowboarding. <laughs> uh, snowboarding. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Yes. I'm no Sean White, but I do snowboard. Yeah. Okay. It's fur- I noticed that's further down the list. That we're we're moving up into <laughs> in skills. Horseback rider. That is actually genuine. Yes. I uh, I did two or three formal years uh, of Western saddle riding, uh, barrel barrel racing as well. So you can play cowboys is the thing. And infantrymen from battles of yore. Oh, I'd love to. I haven't yet. You haven't done that yet. I would love to, yeah. Okay. Uh, Any casting agents listening? Uh, Yeah, please hire me, please. (laughs) Also, while you're doing it, simultaneously, hip hop and or tap, (laughs) dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've never done both at the same time, but uh, yes, oh, I can do on. both of those things. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, actually, my mother ran a, a dance school uh, for many years. So while I was right. growing up, I, I read that. Yeah, I, I took classes, and uh, and my dad was a choreographer, and he was in Cats and uh, a number of. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. On like, is there is there like the Canadian Broadway? Is what's the what's the equivalent? Yeah, he he did it in I think Edmonton and Calgary, and but he trained in Chicago and New York. And, wow! Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I when I was I think I was like seven, and I memorized all the all the the songs to Cats, but uh, I've, yeah. I've since forgotten. So, uh, yeah, we did it at school. We did uh, a production, uh, probably a, I mean, it probably was absolutely horrendous. Children's productions are, no matter what your parents tell you. Uh, yeah. But I was old Deuteronomy. Um, oh, nice. When I was like, I don't know, nine years old or something. Uh, anyway, <laughs> pianist. Yes. You can't lie about that one because they could easily test no. you out. And I think I can even, oh, is it there? Yeah, there it is. Little piano back there. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can see on, on Todd's video feed. He's got a piano, but it might just be a, a part of the ruse. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's an elaborate uh, ruse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you recorded any, uh, recorded any piano or is that just something that you could say, bring to an acting job? Say if you need somebody who can play and look like they're playing, that would be a useful thing. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I haven't had a chance to to use that skill uh, professionally. Although it does help because a lot of uh, a lot of waiting rooms at sound studios have pianos, so it's kind of something that I just I get to play when I'm waiting, and uh, people right. are like, "Bit oh. of cabaret." Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. And uh, the one that you know I've left till last, and uh, I you know I probably should have been nicer to you already. Uh, you are champion karate Shotokan black belt. Yes. And there's no way you're lying about that one. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that one has, there's footage to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you got to use that in any roles so far? Uh, yes, I have. Well, I mean, for the, for the motion capture stuff we do, there's a lot of uh, stage combat. 
Um, right. So I get to I get to use it there, and I actually uh, I was in a martial arts movie that uh, that shot in China uh, back in two thousand nine, wow. two thousand ten, I think. Yeah. And uh, I got to really make use of all that. And the the greatest part about that was that I was like paid to train for weeks leading up to the uh, to the movie. So. Oh, excellent! You got to hone your skills on somebody else's time. Yeah. While you're making money. Yeah, yeah, and we were training Perfect. three hours a day uh, with professional trainers and uh, sparring, and we got to do wire work. So, in this Chinese movie, did you play like a a white Western bad guy? I was actually a good guy for for once. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. A hero. Yeah, yeah. I was. I think I was. I was left there as an orphan, and they had uh, they had killed my father, so it was a revenge kind of story like Shenmue amazing (laughs) Uh, and another thing that leapt out at me on your uh, on your IMDB is uh, the fun fact about you is that how many times has Todd played a Mackenzie Mackenzie or a Mackenzie three times Russell Mackenzie in The Kid 1997 (laughs) Sam Mackenzie in Kyla 1997 and Jeff Mackenzie in the new Lassie series also 1997 yeah, what? yeah. Well, you got typecast as a Mackenzie. Yeah, I've also played a Macaddy, like the first name Macaddy. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I must like Irish the the sideburns or something. I don't. I have no idea. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am Irish, so that it makes sense. Well, there you go. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Any other uh, any other nuggets of trivia that should be added to your IMDb that are, are similarly similarly uh, inconsequential? <laughs> <laughs> none. None that jump up to mind right now. I started singing classes, so that. Yeah. Another one for the resume. Yeah. I'm I'm working on a on recording an album right now. Just a couple of start with a single or two and but it's a long work in progress. It's kind of a passion, Fantastic. passion project. You yeah. should hit the keyboard on that as well, surely. <laughs> yeah. Piano too. So uh going through your game C V, uh, your first credit, Arthur and the Invisibles, is that right? That's the first one I found. Yes. Yeah. I think I played like gnomes in that one. There were these little two foot gnomes. <laughs> Arthur and the the Mini Moys, I think it was. Yes, it was that's that's little... the other. Yeah, that's the um, that's the proper name for it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so did they did they treat your voice for that one, or were you a squeaky voiced youngster at I, that point? I do have a pretty high range. I can go pretty high. Uh, okay. A funny story about that is sometimes they don't they don't tell you you're playing multiple characters. Yes. So, right. So what'll happen is they'll they'll show you this little tiny gnome and they'll say, okay, so now you you do his voice. So you you go up as high as you can and you'll do this little. And then they'll show you yeah. a warrior, and then so then you'll you'll deepen your voice and ah you know swinging the sword, and yeah. then you'll go and then they'll show you a huge ogre and you're like okay well, you know it can't get any bigger than that so you'll you'll go as into your deepest range you know and ah! and then they'll they'll show you like a dragon, and you're like well now there's nowhere to go <laughs> where do I go <laughs> yeah I can't <laughs> you have to give me the scale before we start I don't know you know I have to pace myself here right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that's one of the things um, that was surprising seeing um, Benedict Cumberbatch doing Smaug oh. away from the set of The Hobbit. Like he did, he barely had any treatment on his voice. Yeah, that was incredible. Did you see the the motion capture with him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like the gold standard for for motion capture right. performance. It's incredible. Have you got so which uh, which games? Uh, we, we'll talk some more about the individual titles you've worked on, but which games have you got to do both the the talking and the movement at the same time? Because I know some, you know, although that that is the way forward. Obviously, I think Naughty Dog were one of the studios that really kind of advocated that having actors performing and 
doing the whole thing rather than you know lip syncing dubbing adr that kind of thing have you got to do much of that in 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 games so far uh yes mostly in the uh the tom clancy titles i was in yes um, had some roles in division uh yep. the division two and uh one of the old older ghost recons yeah and for those yes we have we have the the full motion capture suit and we also have the motion capture helmet on uh right. with the dots all over your face yes and uh yeah, so I got to do those. Sometimes we do fa- just the facial motion capture along with right. the voice, but not the whole body, mm-hmm. which is also fun. It, but yeah. uh, it's it's uh, definitely challenging to. Uh, is there a temptation to a kind of when you once you've got all the dots on your face? Is there a temptation to kind of overdo it? Kind of mug? Is there a skill to keeping it subtle? You know, and believing that the tech's going to pick up every minuscule, you know, minuscule little muscle twitch and that kind of thing. I think, yeah, I think mainly it's gotten, now it's gotten so good that uh, the actors, like, we just have to trust the equipment now. Like, yeah, we just right. perform, we do our best to perform as if it's not there at all. Um, yeah. But I, I can't help but make the joke every time another actor gets the dots on their face. I can't help it. I say, oh, you got some, uh, you got something on your face. <laughs> and I, and I, they're, t- they're sick of it now because I do I it every single same. time. <laughs> I would definitely do exactly the same thing. Uh, I guess you're familiar with the work on, uh, and sadly, frustratingly, her name has temporarily escaped me, but uh, the work on Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, where the wonderful performance from the woman who was working at the studio as a a video maker and editor ended up playing the part uh, after she effectively filled in for the person that they were going to cast, uh, but they never got around to casting anyone because she was so brilliant at it. They, They let her do the whole role. Oh, I, I never heard that, but that's an incredible story. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and she wasn't definitely. even was she wasn't an actor. Like she'd never. Nope. Wow. She hadn't really done any anything. No. Um. Yeah, and she ended up doing like they did a live tech demo on stage where she's behind the the scenes with the rig on, and they had a live uh, capture of her car- face doing the character to the audience and that kind of thing. So yeah, amazing. Oh, that's so and cool. she really in that game she has to go to some really serious. You know, it's it's a game about mental torture basically and trauma and she has to go to all these dark places so she really got to you know kind of let all the emotions out which uh which wow. must have been demanding wow yeah. yeah especially for someone that that had like no tr- she had yeah, no, no training. training yeah it's mm. incredible yeah. wow yeah so i'm gonna check that, that out that definitely subject, <laughs> I'm gonna, definitely I'm gonna see that. yeah yeah. On on the subject of acting training, um, I can't act for Toffee. I, d- I don't really try. But occasionally when you do podcasting, people try to rope you into a skit or a spoof or something. <laughs> and whenever I hear myself back, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so poor. I cannot act. I can I can talk and I can be silly and whatever. But when it comes to actually delivering lines, it's just it sounds like ham. It's just pure like it. Why am I? Why do I sound like I'm reading that? Um what are the places you go to like to, or what's your your techniques for for finding the the emotions in acting do you, are you quite method about it do you or is it about drawing on things in your own life or is it do you consider it just a pure skill of kind of mimicry and um yeah sort of just copying what you've seen before in from other people or whatever oh that's a great question well well first of all I- don't be so hard on yourself because I think even professional actors, when we watch ourselves, we're like, ah, <laughs> right, yeah. that was terrible. <laughs> we always judge, yeah, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, for me, I I used to just be, um, I tried to just do it as method as possible, as often as possible. But mm-hmm. then I there was I came across a couple of roles where I was like, oof, that, I don't think that's going to work here. Um, and so 
also there 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 are ways of holding yourself, like especially with the military, the military things that just don't come naturally unless you've unless you're actually in the military or you've you've done that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that that you kind of inevitably for me, I have to add some mimicry in there, and I I watch the guys and and I. Because we were very fortunate to have real special forces, uh, army guys on the sets, and they yeah. they like consult us, and and we we get to ask them pretty much anything about about movement and how to move and how it feels to be to be in that situation. So, and a lot of the things, uh, sometimes I was pretty surprised because it was a lot simpler than like I thought they always had to be at a ten on on the alertness awareness uh, scale. Mm. When it was one of the Navy SEALs told me like, no, nah, if we're just going up the stairs, we're just going up the stairs. You know, you got like 40 <laughs> pounds of gear on you. You're not going to do like a spin around. There's one guy checking the six. There's one guy checking the front. You're not right. going to be, you know, unless you're in a mid combat. But when you're just walking it, you've been walking for miles and you're carrying a bunch of stuff. So yeah, mm. it, there was a lot of that where I was like, oh yeah, just keep it simple. You know, there's a, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think movies have movies have given us some yeah some unrealistic ideas of of what it's like and uh, and actually I think yeah in some cases because games you know games that are very seriously militaristic you're actually spending hours and hours as and with military characters they actually want to kind of get across more the real tone of and uh, and moment to moment of of what it's like as far as they can which obviously they can't fully because there's nothing like actually being in a life threatening situation yeah. but in terms of depicting the reality of it rather than the Hollywoodized kind of version of it. I think they, they make quite a lot of effort with that these days, especially I suppose with the, yeah, with the Tom Clancy uh, stable oeuvre. Yeah. They're doing, I think they're doing a great job with, with realism and, and having the kinds of people they have in there. And, uh, and there's just a tremendous level of respect we have too, for them when they come in, it's like, you know, you hear their stories and it's, uh, it's incredible what what they, mm. what they go through and what they've done. So. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Your next game, according to the records, was uh, Naruto, Rise of a Ninja. Now, there's been a lot of Naruto games over the years. I'm not that familiar. Uh, I've played one for a review way back when. Uh, what did you get to do for that one? Sort of anime style? Is that, is that a one and only time you've got to do that kind of thing? Yeah, that, and that was uh, just voice only. I didn't do any motion capture for that one. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of sword swinging, uh, getting punched, punching, kicking. So like, ha, <laughs> Like as many of of those kinds of things, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes for hours, like hours, <laughs> you know, swinging the sword, yeah. Or like swinging a small That's... sword, swinging a medium sword, swinging a very heavy sword. Same thing, <laughs> right? You know, every option that exists. That's so. one of the things that I hear, uh, both from voice actors I've spoken to, voice artists I've seen interviewed, is that it is fun and it's it's well paid work for the time that you spend and whatever, but. It genuinely is demanding on your vote on your vocal cords. Yes, as well as your your energy levels. Yes, yeah, definitely. And and yeah. they've been good actually in recognizing that uh, the studios as well as the unions. Yeah. In the last few years, we have a lot more. Um, say we're doing uh, they're called onos and and barks. Uh, and so when we're huh? doing just those, like the grunting or the getting shot yeah. or getting stabbed, um, there's a there's a limit on how long we can do those. Like they. They can't have us in studio doing those for eight hours straight because no. it's not physically possible. <laughs> you know, your yeah. throat just... Uh, yeah. So we do two hours of that. And we usually end the session with that. And we do all the lines beforehand. So uh, 
it's great. It's great. Because at the beginning, it was kind of the wild, wild west, you know? Nobody knew. This was a new medium. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we didn't know people's, uh, you know, limitations. And now we know. So, and plus, we just get a, they just get a better performance out of us, too, when, we're, when, we, uh, when we just limit it to two hours of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Although I suppose there is, if you were talking about being method about it, if you were trying to make the sound of somebody who's been thirsty for weeks and is exhausted and whatever then maybe at the end of a session is the time to do that to get the authenticity <laughs> yeah there definitely is that on on uh, on the mocap sets too like when we're when we're on set like with all the motion and we are tired yeah. sometimes sometimes we just give in yeah. to the to the fatigue and that's then you get that real crawling through the mud or whatever that yeah that may right. be. yeah no actual mud uh, do you have a, uh, I remember watching all the extras on the Lord of the Rings uh, DVDs back in the day and uh, Andy Serkis with his uh, bottle of Gollum juice where he, he used to squirt his throat with this special, uh, you know, honey and whatever else it was stuff. Have you got like a special liquid that is just right to keep you going through the uh, lengthy sessions? Scotch. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, actually, I, I do. It's, uh, I, I take all, usually Hall's. Uh, well, fisherman, oh, yeah. fisherman's friend is is the best. Yes, classic for standalone. But then, if you right. take a halls and you sip water with the halls, it kind of mm. uh, coats the throat, and then you nice. it, it numbs it so you can continue. Um, tea and honey is always good. I even take my coffee with honey. I find that helps. Right. Um, and also, I, I sing on the way in to to warm up because that's a yeah. main major part. You know, you get your like the the bass in your voice, and you get the the highs in your voice. So mm. I try to have my my range as much as open as possible before I get there. Yeah, yeah. So then I'm ready to uh, yeah, give whatever sure. they throw at me. <laughs> so that's your your exercise. Is it, do you go go up and down scales or sing particular songs or? Yeah, I do. Sometimes I just do. Uh, I think it's wind windmills. The you know like the uh like that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't I didn't realize I probably look ridiculous, but. Uh, <laughs> it's quite all right you, you should be used to that by now doing doing voices oh yeah voice work oh yeah you must spend a lot of time with people staring at you while you kind of act crazy in a booth yeah and they're in, and they're just they're just stone stone cold watching yeah. you act like Seen it all before yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um yeah, yeah so I, yeah and then and then i also sing some songs too that helps i find but uh to get nice. back to what you're saying that with the method just a, a funny story just popped in in my mind yeah uh we were doing one game where it was a prison break and I had all these lines that were, you know, it's life or death. They're, they're running for their lives. They're, there's, you know, death happening all around. And so we, I was really worked up in the booth doing this, like, and the adrenaline's pumping. And I'm like, ah, you know, screaming. And then I think they had, they had said cut, but they, they hadn't pressed the talk back. So I didn't, I didn't hear them. Right. And they opened up the door to the, to the booth, which was behind me, and came in. And I, I jumped. I was like, I almost threw a punch. I was like, ah! <laughs> <And> <laughs> Fight or flight. Yeah, the tech was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, oh, you got to warn me. You can't like mid-take here. You got to, you know, there has to be. But uh, we laughed. We laughed. It was funny. You've been in uh, four Assassin's Creed titles as well for, for Ubisoft, uh, from two up to Rogue. Yeah. Um, we've covered some of these on our, on our main podcast. We're, we're actually going to cover black flag quite soon so it, what should be, uh wh which characters are you like in the crowd are you are you on the ships where should we listen out for you uh in black flag yeah or yeah uh black flag i'm i'm uh various characters so I, like i'm not sure like 
uh, it's more like guards and and could be anywhere. Rent, yeah, could be just people you kill before they even get a chance to talk. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. Well, we'll tr- <laughs> we'll try to let you get a word out before we uh, we slice your throat. Yeah. Uh, that's video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also noticed you played uh, some uh, part in the interesting downloadable game, uh, again, Additional Voices, but uh, in I Am Alive, which is uh, a very, uh, uh, quite a curious experimental and bleak um, post-apocalyptic uh, tale uh, that we covered again a few years ago. Um, I, d- I don't actually remember that. I suppose, yeah, there were some quite important um, NPCs in that game in that every single one you came across, you had to be very certain uh about their their intentions and things like that can you remember what what you did for that one and how how that, that one, how that process went that was a long time ago i think that was yeah sorry two, <laughs> no that's okay i'm just testing my memory now because it was uh 2008 maybe or, or 2009 uh yeah round about then yeah okay uh, um i remember i remember a helicopter i remember getting into a helicopter if that makes any uh-huh. sense and mm-hmm. and screaming for someone to, to get into the helicopter um mm. Like the, like the, the, the ground was falling apart. It was, it was mm-hmm. some kind of, it was, that, that yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of yelling. And yeah. then I remember I had to go across town. <laughs> yeah. I had to go across town later on to do a cartoon where I played a five-year-old dodo bird with a very high voice. <laughs> right. And my voice was shredded from all the, you know, get in the helicopter, get to the chat, ch-, like <laughs> screaming. So, and that was before they had the limits on all that. So we were, you know, it was, the session went on forever, but, uh, yeah, that's no, I I don't remember the, I don't even remember the story for that one. I just remember the character. Yeah. Cause it was, sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, that's all right. Uh, yeah. So you've done, uh, done some, uh, animations, uh, what are some of the ones that, um, people will be familiar with? I see there are some here that I, I'm certainly, I, although I'm, you know, I'm too old for cartoons and I don't have kids. I recognize some of these names. Yeah, uh, one of the most recent ones is called uh, Race Time, and that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's a 3D animation um, uh, Christmas movie, um, and it came out last uh, Christmas 2018, um, and my son hasn't even seen it yet. I, I really want to show it to him. I've shown him like the, the trailers, but uh, oh, okay. I play one of the main characters in, in that. Um, and then there was April in the Extraordinary World was a, yep. uh, a film. Um, it was a feature, and I think Susan Sarandon and, and Paul Giamatti did some of the characters, but in the States, cool. and then we recorded some of the, the other characters uh, here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked my character there. He was kind of uh, like an intern working for, an informant working for a detective, trying to track down this, this uh, woman who was looking for her parents, and it was kind of, it was like an alternate um, reality so like what had ha- what would have happened if the, all the scientists in uh, i think it was the 1920s or the 30s were kidnapped and science uh-huh. wasn't allowed to to proceed the way it did and kind of a steam steampunk kind of thing where like oh, cool. it was only steam power but there's this this uh conspiracy where all these scientists are being forced to work on some project and it, it was really interesting the, the story is really cool i don't want to give too much away but uh <laughs> I think I just did. <laughs> no, you've just made it sound intriguing. That's cool. Awesome. Um, can I ask about your accent? Because uh, normally when I, I, I work with a Canadian, I've worked with a few Canadians over the years, and I know quite a few Americans. Your accent sounds more American than Canadian. Is that an insult? Apologies if so. No, no, not at all. Um, I uh, I guess maybe it comes from working on, on so many... Uh, 
I was wondering that. So many projects. Yeah, we're, we're always like very conscious of our of our accent and like a, a non-regional kind of kind of accent. I do, I do a lot of commercial radio work too, so uh, yeah. I don't know. It, my my accent's like the product of, uh, <laughs> of of a whole bunch of different characters and and stuff. Sure. But yeah, I, I noticed it because my dad has more of a Canadian, the typical Canadian right. accent. So when I'm talking to mm-hmm. him, I I and he his voice sounds like mine too. I'm like, oh yeah, that's. Uh, but it still comes out. I still drop an A every, every, all the time. Good. I'm like, yeah, eh? I'd like to hear it. You should, yeah, you shouldn't uh, leave that cultural baggage behind. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, back to the games. One I'm interested in that stood out to me because it's so different to all this other, you know, Ubisoft serious military stuff is, uh, I mean, it is a, uh, a Ubisoft title, but you did something on Shape Up. Were you like a fitness instructor guy or? Yeah, yeah. It was actually the... Um... I was actually one of the trainers that uh, right. that demonstrates all the exercises, um, and we worked on that game for a long time. It's a different it kind was, of job. Uh, oh yeah, completely different, completely different. And I, I did a lot of the voice work too for that, like uh, announcing and uh, like three, two, one, go, and it was very upbeat. Uh, yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. I even got my dog to be in that one actually. So what? Yeah, How? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty proud. Vocally or visibly? Visibly. He was visibly in the game. It's it's really short, but there was a like a winter themed um workout and I was wearing right. like, you know, treks like a uh, winter as if I was going up Everest, you know, like the big vest and the toque and everything and they had mountains in the background and I told them like that day I said, "You know, I have a, a Siberian husky. He's a big oh. dog. He's oh my God. perfect and he's big blue I eyes." I really want to see him now. Oh, let's he's see. supposed to come through. Havoc. Come here, bud. Havoc. <laughs> I'm just hoping to see this husky, but he ain't playing ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably he's, is playing he's, ball. He's getting up. He's so lazy. Seven or eight years old now. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come say hi. Oh, there he is. There he is. Yay. He oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> magnificent. Imagine, listeners, a magnificent husky dog. There he is. Oh, they're not going to oh, they won't like, see it, I guess. Huh? No, they won't see it, but it's like... um. He's like, what the hell have you woken me up for, Dad? He's just... Yeah, he's like, where's my cookies? There's nothing. <laughs> anyway, so we can look out for him. Anyone who's got a copy of Shape Up knocking around, you just need to do the winter workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I played, I played Jake the Trainer. So. Jake the Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm so glad to have it got in there as well. Um, next up on the CV, and I'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about both of them together, uh, was uh, The Division. The, uh, and the division two as well. These are pretty massive games. I know a lot of people who have spent a significant amount of time playing these. Uh, so again, what what sort of what goes into into your work on the division? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, like like I said before, there's a lot of a lot of preparation. There's a lot of um, training with the special forces guys. Um, there, it's one of those games that like it it kind of ups your game the next for for all the rest of the uh for for every gigs after that um right just the 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 way we work and how professional these guys are um and we get a lot done so like like that that kind of military uh attitude and strategy and and way of doing things bleeds over into creating the game so we end up you know being really tight on schedule and and doing everything really efficiently um, mm-hmm. and I got to play different, different kinds of characters, like some criminals. Um, I got to play some Rikers, uh, which are the thugs from, 
from the first division. Um, yeah. And so they have like baseball bats and they hold their, they hold their automatic weapons sideways and they, right. you know, no training whatsoever, just all uh, 100% attitude and bravado. And, and, uh, and then we went from that to then playing uh, agents, which is, you know, elbows in, bend your yeah. knees, uh, check yeah. your six, per, like, you know, try to be perfect going up and down the By stairs. The book. And, yeah, exactly. Mm. So that was really fun. And we, we actually did get to, um, uh, to, to improvise a little bit, especially on the first, okay. on the first division. Yeah. They, Cause they were, they were, we were finding the character as, as we were creating them, like these, these, yeah. these thugs. Um, so a friend of mine, uh, at one point he took the shotgun and he was, you know, shooting it in the air and then he, he lift one leg, put it between his legs and shoot through the, through his legs. And I, I started using my, my m16 as a baseball bat and like batter up and then start shooting it and we just right. got to do anything like we were just given free reign and they're like ah, we don't like that oh we like that you know nothing yeah. you know it's a creative but space. yeah i guess now the kit is kind of it's a, i suppose it's different to the old days in the sense that they would have before you know big companies like ubisoft had their own mocap setups and whatever they'd be buying studio time and whatever else so they'd probably be far more against that kind of freewheeling, improv, ad hoc kind of stuff. And they'd be like, you know, time is money. Get on with the script kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what's fun with the, with the big games is they have time to, to do some of that. We have time for, to, to book rehearsals. Some days we just, we just go in and we rehearse uh, for a day, yeah. which is really, really pays off. I know it costs everybody, costs the company's money and everything, but it, it really pays off when it comes time to recording. Yeah. And mm. uh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think genuinely that would be something that would probably go underappreciated by games players as a whole. The amount of work that goes into even the bit, you know, the bit part players, the, the, the extra supporting artists and whatever else. The, the fact that um, you would go in and have whole days of rehearsal, I think that would surprise a lot of, a lot of people. Um, I, I think probably even even with the production values of these games being what they are yeah i think people would expect it to be more of a rock up shout your lines and go home kind of deal <laughs> yeah yeah and and we're very grateful for it too because we we also get a chance to learn a lot when we're when we're doing the rehearsals from and some of the and the main actors are there too for the rehearsals because they're they have scenes with us so the, the actors are generous the the company is very generous and we the, the game is just better for it at the end of the day like the the final yeah. product yeah, no doubt. From uh, military type stuff to cyberpunk, and you did some work on the uh, very well regarded and popular Deus Ex series in Mankind Divided. Yeah, uh, did you get to flex some different muscles on that one, or or cybernetic limbs, or yeah, well, I, whatever you had. I was uh, I was I played mostly criminals in that one. It was the uh, cool, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and inmates. So we were like in jail. Um, one of my characters was trying to get booze from from uh adam jensen <laughs> right and just like bargaining to get however you can get alcohol um and then there was like, did you have a gravelly voice off with 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 the main character I would That's what never, I would, because he delivers all his lines like this i would never uh, he, elias <laughs> is actually a friend of mine and i would never have a cool. gravelly off a gravel off with him <laughs> he's like he's invincible it's it's like he wakes up like that goes to bed like that that's his voice <laughs> Smokes 20 cigarettes as soon as he gets up in the morning. I'm sure he doesn't smoke at all, does he? No, no, he doesn't. No, but I imagine no. him, yeah. Like, I, I sing on yeah. the way in and I imagine him just smoking a whole pack on the way in. <laughs> <laughs> Woodbines. 
Uh, that's what we used to have here. Um, <laughs> another interesting one, because this is, again, I, I would say a slight, I mean, certainly genre-wise, it's slightly different. Again, within the Ubisoft umbrella, but with uh, SpectreVision, this is Transference, uh, yes. an, award, an award-winning game uh, nominated for Best VR Game at the Golden Joysticks. Uh, so how did this play out from your perspective? Well, I, I, have you have you seen or or played the uh, sadly the demo? No. Oh my gosh! No, it's it was as weird to to record. It was as weird to do that game as the game is weird. It it was it's such a different kind of game that that yeah. doesn't. It's just it's new. It's just a new thing, and right. So it, and it, it's this very. It's like you're you're taking a deep dive into this person's memories to try to solve a crime, and uh, I played the very disturbed son who was angry with his father, and like so as the character, you as you move through the house, you trigger different memories, and uh, and so I I was this very angry, but then at one point I think I'm singing in the basement this this weird hymn, and it was we went all over the place. It's like all over the place, and. I have a I put a little scene on my demo because it's it's just crazy. It was uh it was really interesting. Really interesting and, and we got out of there and we were like, Woo! Okay. <laughs> so, I mean it makes sense. Uh I, I'm really intrigued to see it. Um I haven't seen the Greasy Strangler, which is uh by all accounts an insane piece of work from the same studio. This is um Elijah Woods yeah. uh, and his yeah. acting partner's studio. But I did see last year, I did see Mandy, the Panos Cosmatos film with Nick Cage, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, just wonderful. So if this game kind of evokes anything, obviously that's, you know, somebody else's work and, and whatever else, but it seems like SpectreVision are all about kind of creating new and different and challenging moods with kind of quir- you know odd aesthetics and, and stuff that's going to kind of freak you out a bit. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it keeps you on edge and it's scary too. Yeah, there's moments where you, you, you definitely jump and it's emotionally reeling. Um, also, funny story about Elijah Wood. I knew he was in town when I was when I was uh, recording it, uh-huh. and then uh, I was at a I was at a a green shake place. I was ordering like a like a protein shake, and I noticed the guy in front of me. And there was only two of us in the store, and right. it was Elijah Wood. It was totally no, and he just looked like because because I, I was you know obviously starstruck a little, and I was like hey, and he's like oh hey. And he grabbed his he grabbed the shake and he took off. And the guy behind the counter was like, Was that Elijah Wood? So he checked the receipt because he played with his visa and he's like, Oh my god. And he like because his name's on the thing, right? So that was my only encounter with him. But uh yeah. All right. He didn't know you were working for him effectively or no, you know. No, so if he's listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I'd I'd like to think we'd be bigger than we are if if he did. But uh, (laughs) if you do listen, Elijah, give us a give us a plug. Um, <laughs> that's weird. We've now mentioned The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and Elijah Wood. Uh, oh, it's, it all comes back to Tolkien. Or something. Oh, I have a copy of Tolkien. Look at this. Uh, Look at that. No way. Copy of, yeah, right here. Synchronicity. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> He's got a copy of The Hobbit with the same cover as I had on my copy when I was a kid as well. That's the old one. Yeah, my, my, uh, yeah. Yeah, my dad used to read me that book. That was the first novel that... Uh, yes. Yeah. A brilliant first novel to read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was watching, um, if you get a chance to check it out, uh, Lindsay Ellis' YouTube uh, kind of document- documentarian film critic, she did a fantastic three-part sort of dissection on 
the films and why they're basically why they're not nearly as good as the Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> and it's really interesting. It's incredibly deep and it goes into the whole politics of the behind the scenes stuff and what went down in New Zealand with the with the um with the Hobbit lore and all this stuff. So uh yeah, well worth checking that out to to you and listeners I, alike. Because I wanted to love those films and I still loved going back into the world, but it, it it's absolutely true. It felt like there was for all the good work of the likes of Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, you know and Martin Freeman and everyone else, there was something magical missing, and um, and I think her her film really goes some way into sort of seeking out what what was amiss there uh, with the studios and you know machinations. Yeah, yeah. yeah you never know out. what's going to happen from from uh, from theory to practice when they actually get on set and they have to. There's so many working pieces oh, have God, to come together yeah. to make to make something happen. Yeah. Boggles my mind. Yeah. And so a recent credit of yours from a fairly high, pro- high profile game is uh, your first dalliance with the Far Cry series, yeah. uh, I, I believe, which is, uh, you know, another obviously very long running and well established and popular Ubisoft IP. Uh, but you got to play around in the New Dawn and you play a character called Bean. So tell us a bit about Bean and, and <laughs> Bean's role in New Dawn. Bean. Bean is, I, I'm totally biased, but Bean is like my favorite character in, in that world. He's, yeah. uh, he's, he's so naive. Uh, and I remember the, <laughs> the writer telling us, you know, like what we want from this character is for everyone to wonder how he's still alive in this world. Like there's no way that makes sense that he's still alive, but he is, here he is, this, this super naive kid that, uh, that's trying to help piece back together the the town, but it, it was just so funny. And we, I get, we do so many, uh, you know, heavy things and military things, very emotional things. This character was just jokes. He was just nice. hilarious. And the one liners were one after another. Mm. And, uh, he's trying to basically put, to, put back together like the Wikipedia, which he calls it Wikibenia of, right. of, uh, of the world. Um, prosperity, I think, is it prosperity? Uh, I forget the got me on the spot here, but uh, oh no worries yeah of of the home of the of the town, and uh, there was some there was some people online that because you can you can hit the NPCs you can you can do anything to yeah. them so there was mm-hmm. there was this like running gag where they would just hit me with a shovel or run over me with a car mid mid sentence like I was just like hi I'm Bean from Wikipedia and then I'd get slammed with a shovel in the side of the head. And then drop to the ground, and it's 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 on Twitter if if or on YouTube if you can find it out there. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, do you have to? Um, so was that? Uh, does it just cut your line off, or did you have to sort of do any vocal work for being hit in the face with a shovel? You, oh, you have to do. I had to do that too. Yeah. So so cool. yeah. There's <laughs> there's me screaming and like oh, oh and like the the director was like more whimpering, whimper more, whimper harder. I want you to whimper. <laughs> so I'd be like. I need a doctor. <laughs> it was... It's got a slightly different tone to the uh, the game that it uh, that it's sort of following up the uh, the Far Cry Five, which had a slightly more serious tone. Is it? It's a slightly lighter hearted piece of uh, sort of additional content. Yeah, any... or a spin off. Yes, even even the world visually is it, more vibrant yeah. colors and and yeah, yeah. It's it's a different. I mean, there's it's still action packed, obviously. But oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a bit of a lighter tone, mm. which is nice sometimes, you know. Oh yeah. 
yeah they've done that before they did it when they did uh, far cry 3 and then they released far cry 3 blood dragon which was their 80s infused neon aesthetic uh, with michael bean playing the lead character and uh that was their sort of yeah answer to to that um sort of yeah fun spin-off thing seems to be quite a common thing for studios to do obviously red dead redemption did it with uh, undead nightmare where they basically make went from serious cowboy epic to cowboy zombies you know why not have some yeah. fun with a world you've already built exactly um, so was uh, was acting something i obviously you come from a uh, showbiz background um was acting obvious obviously you also do martial arts and dancing and playing the piano and everything but was acting the calling uh Yes, yes, it was. Um, I, I found out really early that I that I wanted to do it. I um, I used to watch movies, and I would, as a kid, and I would um, run around the basement, and I'd memorize all the lines. And I think it was Ghostbusters. I knew all the lines to Ghostbusters and yeah. uh, Back to the Future. And my mom, being in that world uh, with the with the dancing, she said uh, she just asked me one day, you know, do you want to take uh, want to take acting classes? And I said, sure. Uh, so then I started doing that and, and then there was some cattle call auditions and I got a, a couple of commercials, uh, and that led into films and yeah, it's just, it's been ever since. Um, but more, more recently I, I started writing, I guess in 2011, uh, mm-hmm. on and off. And then the last three, four years I've been really into writing and, uh, screenwriting for, for television mainly. And now I'm working on a, a feature film. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and it just it I find it helps me come at it from a completely different angle. Mm-hmm. And it it help like the two help each other. The the writer writing and acting are are uh like a perfect symbiosis because you yeah. you get to understand both sides. And you're working on an album. You are <laughs> what, what uh, a polymath. A polymath Trying. is is what you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and who were your acting idols? Obviously, you talked about Ghostbusters there. Uh, was it comedy actors, people like Bill Murray, or was uh, was it any of the the serious method people, Brando or De Niro? Or... Uh, definitely, definitely the the comedy. It was comedy first. Like I, I really liked right. um, uh, Bill Murray for sure. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox also in uh, in Back to yeah. the Future. Um, but what a guy! Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember thinking like Robert Duvall in, uh, in the Godfather. Uh, yeah. That was one of my favorite performances. I was like, wow, he just plays it so straight, but there's so much going on under, under the surface. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, he was one of the, yeah, he was one of the first ones I really idolized. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I like everybody really. <laughs> I like. Yeah, there's a lot to admire. Yeah, uh, more recently, I, I like Jake Gyllenhaal's work. I think he's mm. incredible. Um, Very charismatic guy. Yes, um, he's one of those annoying people that uh, men and women seem to love equally. Yeah. Um, and every project and, he does uh, is just magic. Every, Everybody loves yeah. it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him in Spider Man coming soon. Yeah. Should be should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you watched Ghostbusters recently? Uh no no I haven't it's been it's been a few what, years few years since the original what's really surprising now yeah yeah is um it's still great I think uh, obviously I saw it I was twelve eleven or twelve when it came out uh and of course I thought it was great because I was you know I was that age and I got taken to the cinema and it was amazing the thing that really strikes you now is it's a PG certificate and everyone <laughs> is smoking constantly 
uh, like everyone <laughs> is just smoking, 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 smoking uh, in a, you know, in a family film. Obviously, there's also quite a lot of rudeness, swearing and, um, you know, bawdy humor, which is, you know, and I'm fine with all that. But so it's more that the fact that everyone is smoking all the time because it's early 80s New York. It's uh, it's just really it's actually really surprising now. It's just how it was. I, I, yeah, totally. It was, it was it was a smoky world. Yeah. Um, My parents did fast forward a few scenes, though, because I remember watching it right. later and going, I, I never saw that. <laughs> what happened there? Oh, Scary okay. bits or sweary bits? Uh, I think when she's possessed, there's a few scenes with, between him and Bill Murray and... and um, Sexy bits. Yeah, yeah. I remember going, right. I, I never saw that scene. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and also, again, coming from a show business background, did you get taken to the theatre much? I know that is obviously often a huge inspiration to young aspiring actors uh it was it was more the movies my dad was a movie buff and we just right. we would go see all all the movies and we would he would uh we would watch b movies like old b movies and cool. and he would help me appreciate them like no but you gotta it, it's like supposed to be tacky it's not like you know it's not supposed to be great this is it's yeah. on purpose you know you got to appreciate mm-hmm. it for for what it is and he used to watch uh doctor who and red dwarf and shows like right. that so yeah. British sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Blake Seven? Uh no, I didn't see that one. No. Oh. Ah, oh, it's a classic. Late 70s I'll check to early out. 80s. Starts out as this incredibly bleak dystopian uh very very British late 70s sci-fi and then kind of by series 3 it's turned into this still very low budget but hyper camp <laughs> sci-fi. <laughs> uh it's a it's a real cure its egg and um yeah, it's been like it's one of those things that People over here have been campaigning for there to to bring it bring it back in some form or make a movie or something for decades now, um, but it was uh, it was a formative one for lots of us British kids. I, I promise you. <laughs> I'll check it out for sure. I'm sure my dad knows it for sure. <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably would. Yeah, a um, lot of crossover with the Doctor Who people uh, in terms of who made it and stuff for sure. So, uh, not asking you to be the performing monkey, but what? Uh, obviously, we know what um, you know about some of the roles you played, particularly some of the sort of recurring themes of the roles. But do you have speciality uh, type of voices or accents that are in your repertoire that you really enjoy busting out, or that you're the go-to guy for, other than you know military soldier for Ubisoft? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think I think uh, Bean Bean was one of those because. Um, when I when I started singing, I I realized like oh I'm I'm a baritone when I sing, which is weird mm-hmm. because I have this really I have access to this really high voice as well. Right. This really naive yeah. kind of like hey hey what's going on? Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. You know like <laughs> I can do that, and then when yeah. I'm singing, it's all Sinatra and it's like deep, uh, deeper voices. So, um, yeah, I I I do British, but now I'm really self conscious because. Because oh, you are, well, so I can't. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. It's fine. <laughs> it's in, it, it's uh, yeah. The 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 American American or Canadian in your case doing Brit British thing can go one of two ways. It's either like, wow, that's really good, <laughs> or oh my god, do I tell him? Do I tell him how bad that is? Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I still say, and although she doesn't have a huge amount of lines, it's not the only one. But Scarlett Johansson in Under the Skin. Her English accent in that is almost impeccable. Was that the one uh, where she also... played uh, that like Black Widow kind of thing, like the uh... Alien Hooker? Yes, yes, I, re- I saw that. Yeah. She was so it's good in my, that. One of my favorite films. Um, very, very odd. Some people hate it. 
Uh, I think it's a masterpiece. Um, but I just, yeah, it's just her English accent in it. And, I do too, um, yeah. Her, she, the, the film actually opens up with some audio of her practicing her vocalizations, which they actually use in the context of the film as because she's an alien pretending to be a human. So this is an American pretending to be an English person, but in the film it's an alien pretending to be a human. Oh, so yeah. That was a, a brilliant touch. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are others, but that's the one that I, I've, I've mentioned it a number of times, but um, yeah, it's just because it's a favourite of mine. Um, but yes, you also still occasionally hear the Dick Van Dyke, Don Cheadle kind of, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Obviously there are any number of Brits playing Americans, uh, many with great success. And the occasional one where people go, nah, not not so much, not so good. Um, on so we we just talked about you know your speciality, but what's the what's the kind of hardest stretch you've had to do in terms of playing a a part or a voice where it was just like I don't know if I can. This is me. I don't know if I've got this in me. I don't know if I can do this voice. Any any moments like that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think some of the I I'd say some of the criminals in Division because they were mm-hmm. so. They were so, you know, they didn't care about anything. They were horrible. Yeah, yeah. just so horrible. No, like mm. no de- decorum whatsoever. Just like the worst of the worst, and the things they were doing. Right. And like, um, yeah, it was a, just a bit of a stretch to stay in character and stay in that yeah. kind of free, uh, just all about power and physical power, and that was hard. But when, when I did find it, and when I found it, it was. It, it felt like I, 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 like a click, you know, I knew like, okay, now I got it. But, um, also intimidating because you're around all these other people, some of which are very highly trained, <laughs> uh, yeah. and they're in that character right. as well. So you all have to be physically free and intimidating. And so that I found uh, a little, yeah, a little tough, but, uh, mm. but fun yeah. as, as uh, the tougher it is, the more fun it is really. Cause when you get yeah, it, it's right, rewarding, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I guess what, yeah. One of the things you want to do when you act is to, is to inhabit roles that you wouldn't get. It's like it's like us gamers. Like sometimes we we do want to play the bad guy because it's something you don't get to do in real life, and it's actually, it's a it's a it's a learning experience to find out. You know, to to try to empathize. I know actors always talk about this, but to to play a good baddie, you have to not think of them as a baddie kind of thing. You have to understand their motivations, right? Yeah, like why? Why do they think this is, this is, the the not the right thing to do? But why are they doing this? What what's their? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why are they willing to? Yeah, either 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 they do think it's the right thing to do, or they're they're that they're that motivated to compromise themselves ethically, uh, or emotionally to to do it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got a reason, even if they're insane. Yeah, exactly. Well, and some people say, I've heard before that like the, the bad guys are never. You know, they all the bad guys are justified, or they think that what they're doing is yeah. right. But not even that, too. Sometimes you get characters mm-hmm. like the Joker that know, they absolutely know, and they're like, "Ah, it's just more fun, right? It's yeah. just more fun," and they they just do it because it's more fun. You know, yes. There's no, uh... yeah. That's like a, a level of psychopathy where they they don't have they no longer have empathy for for normal human societal norms. It's like that that just doesn't interest them. It doesn't motivate them. Yeah. They don't really know how to feel pain for other people kind of thing. Yeah. Like a lot of politicians. Oh, yeah. A bit of <laughs> politics there. Uh, 
so to get a bit gnarly and granular i just do find this stuff interesting um partly on a personal level but i think it's also interesting uh for our listeners which is so you you've done a lot of work with ubisoft in particular um and how does that relationship work is it simply a case of and you, you can tell us as much as or as little as you want here is it simply a case of once they know you and they like your work they just keep hiring you or is it a relationship through an agency that is like very closely tied to ubisoft or is it is it something else that we don't understand? Um, well, no, it's it's on a it's on a game by game uh, basis, and mm-hmm. sometimes we audition and sometimes we don't, depending on the, right. the roles. Um, mm-hmm. But no, there's no we're not uh, we're still free agents in, in the sense that we're still actors. Like we're not uh, yeah we're not employees of Ubisoft. So it's you haven't got a studio contract. Yeah, obviously, yeah, because uh, you have worked for else other people like uh, like on Deus Ex. That's a that's a Square Enix game and and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mm. yeah, and I get it, it. It works like that. Like I guess uh, on on reputation on on your last game, and sometimes they know you can play characters like this, and you you develop a relationship with the studio too, and and the the technicians and everybody that's working there, and the project managers and and the other actors. So they know they know like what teams work. Sometimes we get hired like the same team gets hired. Like I find I'll find myself with the same two or three other actors doing the same kinds of things in different games because we all worked together we worked well together on the last game you know yeah so yeah they're right. really good Chemistry. at that at keeping yeah keeping us as uh together and yeah hmm. um and again without you know i'm not asking you to reveal figures or anything but I, again i do find it interesting like how easy is it to make a living doing voice work uh does it depend on is it just a case of you need to be employed like every you know you need to have a gig kind of constantly or is it about the size of the roles you get or are you constantly kind of um kind of hustling for work or does it come to you or how does that how does that work out yeah is it a challenging living i guess it it depends uh it's it's different for all for all actors at, at different uh at different stages in their career um mm-hmm. and i'm i'm very fortunate in that i have a lot of uh voice work for uh, i do a lot of commercial voice work so for um right. for radio commercials and tv commercials um national campaigns for for canadian uh commercials and government and things like that so that okay. that helps me a lot um keeps you ticking over yeah yeah exactly <laughs> between playing soldiers <laughs> yeah and it keeps me sharp too it keeps me in studio working yeah yeah so, so that's good yeah and then some some don't do any commercials but they have like either regular more regular parts in games or they mm. they have a you know regular on a series or um yeah i i think it's been it's been kind of a, a blessing too for me not to have anything that's regular because it it's kind of given me the chance and kind of pushed me to do all these different things like like the singing and the screenwriting and and all those other things that I wouldn't have a wouldn't have time to do if I was you know regularly yeah. booked on something Monday to Friday um yeah right and it suits my personality too because I'm kind of I like to do a lot of different things at once so eclectic <laughs> yeah 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 and you get to play these uh you get wacky parts in cartoons and sometimes games and uh and these yeah serious bad guys and badasses in in video games as well it it does seem enormously uh appealing actually is there a obviously there you know um it's kind of a bit of a, a hackneyed joke now about the likes of Troy Baker being in everything and um you know every starring role now is Troy Baker and whatever else but is there a is th- is there an ambition to be that kind of level of of star talent within games or is there or would it, do you like the idea of being say you were like fully attached to one 
character in one franchise, like if there was a lead in a, a big new franchise, would that be something that would be cool to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the more work, the, the more work, the merrier. <laughs> I would just like, I'd love to do, uh, to do bigger titles or, or not bigger titles, but have larger roles that, that I'd be, uh, you know, involved in the whole process from start to finish. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, I, I appreciate this too. Cause I get, I get to see all kind. like I have more of a wider perspective cause I've been in all these in more games, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm open to everything. I, I love, uh, and actors never say no to more work. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, and, I, and I'm really, please don't think I was belittling your contribution to all these games oh, no, either. I just, no. uh, I understand that there is, you know, that it's a, it's a different kind of job as well, but I, I, I often wonder how, like, um, how you sort of make the leap. This is, this goes for animation as well. And indeed live action movies, like how how you sort of make the leap from a supporting artist or or a minor character artist up to the kind of leads is it just uh, is it a bit of luck or is it just a you know can you kind of work your way there or? yeah well that too because I mean there's there's a lot of things involved there's there's your, your reputation and how you work on set and uh, yeah and also I mean it's you're very fortunate because like if we're do if you're doing bit parts in a lot of games that means you're usually able to audition for the bigger parts too. You have access to the auditions and you can, you can keep trying out and then, you know, it just happens. It clicks one day that somebody says, Oh yeah, that guy's perfect for, uh, for this role. Yeah, or right. sometimes they even know it beforehand. They're like, Oh, he'd be great yeah. at this. So it's so, uh, it's so, uh, circuitous, I guess is the word. Mm -hmm. Um, how it works. Like it, it never works the same way twice almost sometimes. Yeah. And are there any actual titles, uh, games around or franchises that you would have loved to have been in or loved to appear in a future installment of? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Diablo. Right. <laughs> I played uh, all three of them. and uh, There must be a role in Diablo for you. I would love be. to. And I, and I always take the Necromancer. So that would be a shift, too, from the characters I normally play. I would love to do the yeah. Necromancer. That'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Wonder what's. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where where they're at with making another Diablo because they're kind of in that limbo period now where Diablo three is kind of old, yeah. uh, but they've been adding to it and in you know increasing it its uh, its footprint on your hard drive with new bits and bobs for for the last uh, six seven years now. Um, but whether they'll ever just do here's Diablo four, I don't know. Um, but if they do, give Todd a call blizzard yeah because if they don't give me a role on it i'm gonna be i'm gonna be playing it for six months not doing anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah uh now last couple of questions have you got any gigs video games wise coming up that you can tell us about or not uh i have one coming up that i can't tell you about okay. <laughs> that's all which is coming out okay in, uh, yeah towards the end of this year Okay. Yeah. We'll uh I'll I'll keep refreshing your IMDB page until it's been announced. <laughs> <laughs> or you can ping us a tweet or something. I'll yeah, I'll definitely uh, reach once, out. Once it's public. Yeah. Uh and so well in that case, are there uh, uh have you got any other non-video game things that you can tell us about that are coming up? TV, cartoons, theater, uh street theater, <laughs> anything. <laughs> uh right, well right now I'm 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 working on a feature film. Um, yep. as a writer, um, and I can tell you that it's a comedy. Um, yep. I can tell you that it's a large cast of mm -hmm. 12 
Um, and I can tell you that it's close to getting funding at, to, as a go-ahead. Yes. So that's pretty much it for now. But Okay. Uh, uh, I'll again I'll keep you posted with that as soon as it's Well the very very best of luck with that Thank because you. I know that uh, getting films funded is the thing like um you know I listen to a lot of interviews with filmmakers and uh, I'm interested in that world as well and even some you know people who have had enormous success in the past now regularly will spend 5 plus years 10 years getting like eight nine different groups of people to finance a film um, oh yeah uh, it's uh, as much as like genuinely i think this is as with video games like we're in an incredible period for for movies like there's there's so much quality coming out on not just at the theater as well obviously on the streaming services and whatever else but every film starts or pretty much every non-major studio film starts with like 30 40 50 seconds of logos and that's because that's how you get them funded right yeah so i'm guessing that yeah you're you know part of your getting your film made is about approaching all kinds of people and saying if you give us half a million and if you give us half a million and so on and so forth we can actually get this thing off the ground and i promise you there'll be returns on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and checking all the right boxes when you're when you're developing it too there's a lot of things mm -hmm. you want to appeal to the to the largest audience not just for production but also because you want as many people to to hear your story right it, yeah and i think most stories good stories are universal anyway so you you want to try to make it appealing to the most amount of people um so yeah yeah it's exciting good words yes um well before we let you go then uh do you want to give uh, our listeners your uh contact you know like you know not your private ones but your uh, your social any social media presence <laughs> yeah i live uh, at uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right no no one's going to get a canada uh, apart from maybe our canadian listeners i don't actually know how many canadian listeners we have we have quite a few in america so yeah don't give out your address just in case uh but yeah so have you got have you got social media you got twitter and stuff haven't you uh yeah yeah people can follow me on twitter at todd Fennell. So, uh, and on Instagram at Todd Fenn, it's just T-O-D-F-E-N. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, Todd. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. And to Havoc. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and we'll see you next time on Canary. Yeah. Thanks.